Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Man. Man. Hey, give it up for the band. Come on, somebody. Man. Man, that's, that's good. That's good. Can I tell you, I don't, like, like right, right now, I'm just being honest. If you miss a Sunday, man, you're missing a lot, man. I'm telling you, like, you know, that, that, that acronym FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, I'm telling you, if you miss a Sunday, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, God bless you, but man, you go miss it. It's so, it's been so good. Uh, what God is doing uh, in this house and, and what God has just been just revealing and doing. Man, I just, I, I'm so thankful. Can I tell you, um, over the past four weeks or so, every week we are having to add chairs because people just keep on coming and coming and coming. You may not know, uh, uh, before I forget, I'm Pastor Welby, I'm the lead pastor. If I haven't met you, I wanna meet you after service, okay? At the Connect booth. Come on, come meet me. Come on, we'll high five. It'll be great um, and all that. And so, um, but, but God's been doing some, some amazing things. And so we've been adding chairs. Uh, I just, we were like, man, we've got to add chairs. And so we added a row and, um, and one week we added like two rows. And, uh, last week we, we added some more rows and, and you said, well, you should set more chairs out. I, I want you to know that we've been setting more chairs out, but, but even, even setting more chairs out in this service today, this morning, while you were all worshiping, maybe, maybe towards the front, you didn't look back and you couldn't see, but we've added five rows in service today. I just think that's amazing. Come on, what God's wanting to do in your life and in your friends' lives, in your neighbors' lives. Come on, listen, this, this, this whole room is created by pipe and drape. We can make it as big as we need to make this room to, to hold more people, okay? We can do what we gotta do. When there's an empty seat next to you, maybe there's an empty seat, just think about, oh man, that could be my mama. That could be my daddy. That, that could be my neighbor right there. That could be my coworker right there. That could be my daughter's friend's family right there that needs to hear about a man named Jesus. Man, I'm hyped today. I, I hope you came ready. I hope you just hang on. I mean, just put your seatbelt on, click it or tick it, baby. It's going to be good today. We're going to press it hard, all right? And uh, man, our, our, our ladies, our women uh, just got back from a women's conference in Austin, Texas, uh, from an amazing church that is in our network. And man, we do we, I just, just hearing the awesome things that God has done and, and this, over this past weekend. Um, and, and I want you to know one thing. I, I know, uh, man, maybe worship went a little bit longer than normal for us today, but I want you to know we don't care. Like, it's good. Like, like if, it's, if it's good, it's good. And, and I, I, we're just unapologetically, we don't, we don't want to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit's doing and uh, understand order and all that stuff. But man, we want God to move in this place. And, and I don't know about you, but I need God to move in my life. And you need God to move in your life. And, uh, and so what better place to do it with a bunch of other people uh, collectively worshiping together, lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, it's good to see you again. Uh, I better start getting in my message or we're going to be here all day. All right. And so um, we are, we're in a, in a series called Uncommon. Everybody say Uncommon. 
in a series called Uncommon, and it's about relationships. And I, I want you to know this, this is kind of the thesis of the whole thing, but, but great relationships are possible, they're just not probable. Not probable if we do it in the world's way. I, I believe that great relationships are possible, but not probable when we are following the world's way. Because here's the deal, the world's way has, been, has become more common to us. The world's way has been, become more common to us and, and we begin to think that this way, the world's way, is the right way. But, but can I tell you, if we continue to go in the world's way as it deals with relationships, we're not talking just about marriage today. We're talking about relationships with, with your coworkers and your friends and family and, and, and whoever, how, how, we, how we talk to the person behind the counter, how we talk to the cashier at HEB. Like, like if, if we continue to do things the world's way, we're gonna continue to be broken and busted, all right? And, and I, I want you to be whole. Is that okay if I want you to be whole? Come on, I want us to be whole. I want us to be a healthy church. And, and one way we are healthy is when we're healthy in our relationships. Dude, when, when people come in here, listen, when people come in here and they're broken, maybe you're here today and you're broken, I want you to know that, that our team, our dream team has, has spent time praying for you this morning. Like, like we prayed for you this morning. We were believing that God was gonna have you here this morning. We may not know you by name, but we, we prayed that God, that whoever God sends today, that we were prepared for you. Believing that people are gonna show up today, they're gonna be broken. Because we exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. And when you're reaching people far from God, you're gonna reach some broken people. Come on, where's my, like, where's my hope rising people at? Come on, like, where are you at? Like, like we, know, we, know, we know that there's gonna be broken people. And so, so not even just uncommon, but how are we gonna be an uncommon church? We're gonna be an uncommon church because for, we're, gonna, we're gonna learn to be whole. We're gonna learn to be healthy. We're gonna have healthy relationships. And we're not gonna do it the world's way. Everybody's saying, mm-mm. There you go. Let's go to our, our foundational verse here, 12, Romans 12, verse two. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you. Let him revolutionize you in the way that you think and the way that you operate. How? How do we let him transform us? By the way that we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Then you will know the relationships that he has planned for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you're here last week, we called this the GP2. Good, pleasing, and perfect. Everybody say that with me. Good, pleasing, and perfect. I know what some of you are thinking. There's no way my relationships can be good, pleasing, and perfect. But can I tell you that they can be in Jesus? In Jesus, they can be good and pleasing and perfect. Well, if you've missed any of the weeks, I want to kind of give you a recap. I want you to know that we do have a podcast. Come on. Uh, past, there we go. Past couple of months, we... Uh, we, we, we started putting our, our messages online, and so uh, we do have a podcast. So if you have missed, you can always go back to that, but I would encourage you to be here in service because, man, just, just the feeling that you get, the presence you get uh, of what God is doing, man, I, I just, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. And so uh, week one, we talked about uncommon love and talked about how, how God sent Jesus and, and how there was this uncommon love. He, he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to earth, to live and to die 
so that if we just would believe in him, believe in him, we would have everlasting life. And so we just talked about how we, how, how God loved us. So we must also love other people, how there's this uncommon love as we do that. And week two, we talked about uncommon influence and, and really just, just say, Hey, it's all about people. How, how, how is God using you to influence other people? To, to, to follow after Jesus. When people look at your life and people see what, what, what God is doing, are, are we leading people closer to Jesus or are we leading them farther away from Jesus? Last week we talked about uncommon communication and how it's important if we're gonna have healthy relationships, we've gotta be people that learn to communicate. Listen, I'm telling you, we don't know how to communicate anymore. We don't know. I'm talking about something that's broken. It's our communication. It's a way we communicate and how we treat other people. And talked about how truth without grace is mean. How many know that truth without grace is mean? In the Bible, it says Jesus was full of truth and grace. And so, so a lot of times we want to communicate and tell people the truth. Now I'm going to tell them something, but we're not going to have any grace with it. It's just mean. We talk about how grace without truth is meaningless. And how truth and grace is medicine for the soul. How when somebody comes in and brings truth and grace to your life, man, that's something that fuels you. That's something that, that, that energizes you. And so today I'm gonna talk about uncommon conflict. Last week we talked about communication. That's gonna kind of be a continuation of that message, but uncommon conflict. Well, Corbin, our son is four. And uh, he started t-ball yesterday. Man, so good. Man, you see those little four-year-olds running around. It's an instructional t-ball. They don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I hate it because you can't keep score. And I just believe you should keep score. And, uh, you know, not everybody gets a trophy. Come on. And so um, I heard somebody say that yesterday. I was like, no, they don't. No, 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 not enough. I mean, my house, we're going to keep score, you know. And, and so... Um, and so the score yesterday, was, I'm just kidding. Um, everybody bats and runs bases, so uh, it's even. But they're just learning how to, uh, how to, how to play, you know, play the game of baseball. And, and so uh, Cor, uh, Corbin's team, it was, uh, it's, it's always interesting to watch four-year-olds play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, they they're learning, right? They don't really know what they're doing. Um, they can barely throw a ball. Um, they play in the dirt. Um, they're not paying attention. Uh, luckily, the ball typically only goes to the pitcher, um, or, you know, maybe the shortstop if you're lucky, all that stuff. So, uh, so one of Corbin's teammates gets up to bat, and, and he hits the ball, okay? That's an accomplishment in itself. That deserves praise right there. And so uh, the, this, this kid hits the ball, and I'm helping coach, and I'm one of the assistant coaches. I'm on first base, and I'm, I'm the guy going, come on. Come to first base. Like, there's no outs in this league, okay? It's, it's literally, it doesn't matter. Just get to first. We're just teaching you, run to first base. Come on, kid. Run to first base, right? You know, you know. sorry, the competitive juices, you know, get, it, get me sometimes. And so, so we're, like, we're like, you know, come on, come on, come on, get to first base. Well, this kid hits the ball. Instead of running to first base, he actually tries to run and get the ball from the pitcher. And we're like, oh no, like don't do like twice he did that. I'm like, okay, well we're we're getting okay. Like because he got the first base eventually, right? And and there was a time this same kid, uh, he was out in the field. We were playing defense, and uh, he 
in the middle of playing defense, we're like in the middle of the, of the lineup. I mean, the, the pitcher could have been pitching the ball for crying out loud. The, 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 the batter could have been in the middle, middle of a swing. It, it didn't matter. He runs from the outfield all the way into the dugout. Now, granted, we don't really need outfielders uh, at four, but we're like, hey, homeboy, like, what are you doing? Like, we're all, we're, you know, we're here. And, and I, I began to think about it. I was like, you know what, it was really cute. It was really cute because he's four. But what happens when he's 10 and he hits the ball to the pitcher and he tries to go get the ball and doesn't run the first base? It's not so cute, is it? You wish that kid wasn't on your team, let's just be honest. You're praying, oh God, I hope he's sick today or, or I hope he breaks his arm today or, you know. Okay, maybe, maybe you're more spiritual than I was as a kid or even now, but, um, right, you're, you're just like, man, I wish this kid wasn't on my team. And, and, and what, if, what if in the middle of being de playing defense and he's 10 years old and, and, and someone's getting ready to hit the ball or the pitcher's throwing the ball, he just walks into the dugout. I'm thirsty and I get a drink. Bruh, like, let me tell you something. If you're gonna be on this team, you wait to get in the dugout when we have three outs. Because if you don't and you leave the field again, I'm gonna hurt you. But like, just one right there, right? Just, just, just right there. Maybe I won't do it, but we'll let somebody else do it. And it's an accident, right? So um, it's not very cute when he's 10 years old doing it though, is it? And what I found is, is that, is that, Dysfunction breeds when we're, when we're young and we're little. And, and we've not learned how to communicate and we've not learned how to deal with conflict when we're little. And maybe you're not 10 today. Maybe you're a little bit older. Maybe you're 20 or you're 30, you're 40, 50, 60, so I don't know how old you are. You're here today. You've lived a little bit of life. But we don't, have, we don't know how to handle conflict. And it's not so pretty and cute anymore, is it? I'm gonna keep on going because I know it's got quiet. It's good, it's good. It's not cute anymore. And so I, I want us to learn how to have conflict, but how to, how to, be, how to manage it healthy, in a healthy way. Is that okay? It's a, it's a serious issue that we have. It's, it's really, really bad. Because we can't even have conversations with other people that we don't agree with without blowing up. We instantly don't agree and we go from zero to 100. Something doesn't go our way, we blow up. We don't agree, we blow up. We get upset or mad, we yell at people. I mean, the truth is nobody really likes conflict. No one likes conflict because we've bought into this lie that it always has to end up bad. We don't like conflict because every time we have conflict, somebody's yelling and screaming and crying and hurt from it. But if things are gonna get better, if we're going to, to move forward in our own personal development, our own life, then we've gotta get better with conflict. So how do, we, how do we handle conflict is the bigger issue, I think. How do we handle it? There's four causes of conflict. First one is this, poor communication. Poor communication. If you're writing notes, if you're not, I would suggest you do because you'll need to go back over these notes at a later time in your life. Put them on your phone, write them down, whatever it takes. But four causes of conflict. The first one is poor communication. 
Most conflict is started by something very small. How we communicate it. How we communicate and talk to one another begins to create this source of conflict. There was this married couple and they were in an argument one time. And the husband told the wife, he said, how can you be so beautiful and so stupid at the same time? Now, I just want to tell you, fellas, that's not a really good thing to say, okay? I'm just going ahead. I'm going to lay it out there. I'm going to help your marriage out today. This is free marriage counseling, okay? Don't do that, okay? But this couple, they, they, they were going at it. How can you be so beautiful and so stupid at the same time? And the woman said, easy. He made me so beautiful so you would fall in love with me. And he made me so stupid so I'd put up with you. I'm telling you, guys, we just will never, we don't win those types of things. Just, just uh, leave it alone. Psalm 141 says, set guard over my mouth. Come on, that'd be a good theme verse for a lot of us. Set guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Notice, notice the responses to the Lord first. Set guard over my mouth, O Lord. Help me not say something I might regret later. Your response should first be to God, then to the person. Maybe that's part of the problem, right? Poor communication. Our response needs to be to God first, the person second. Second issue, four causes of conflict. Second one, unfulfilled expectations unfulfilled expectations. And this is where all anger begins right here, where we have an expectation that's not being met. We, we have an idea that it's gonna be here, and the truth is, is that it's below that, and there's this expectation gap. There's, there's this expectation being unfulfilled, and we're angry because what we think should be is not. And so James 4 says, what, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. There's an expectation, right? We have an expectation, but we don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. Can I tell you that sometimes we are expecting something from people that only was intended for God to give us in the first place? <clears throat> That sometimes we're relying on people to give us things that they were never made to give us in the first place. And God is here saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here, just, just rely on me. Like lean into me first. Come on, talk to me first. They can't fill the gap that you have in your life, the emptiness you have in your life, the, the, the brokenness that you have. You can't find the, the thing that you need in them. They may help get you there or bring you to a certain point, but there's gonna be a gap, and that's why God brought Jesus. Come on. Unfulfilled expectations. Number three, despising differences. Despising differences. We, I don't know if you know this, but we're all different. We're all difference. We used to say things like this. If you're married, we used to say, you complete me. 
Now you're like that thing that once attracted you to them. You're like, now you drive me crazy. I used to think it was real cute, but now I'm with you all the time. Now, 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 now we eat, sleep, and do life together all the time. And the things that I didn't used to see as much as I did, I used to think it was cute. I loved it, but now I hate it. I think the best example of despising differences this day and age is in our political arena. I'm not going to talk about politics too much, but I always like to because it brings a hush over the crowd. <sighs> we couldn't be more divided as a nation in this one area. Politics. Like, who cares, okay? Your hope can't be in a Democratic or Republican party, okay? Your hope's got to be in Jesus, okay? I'll throw an independent too in case there's any, I don't want any independents getting mad at me. You know, whatnot, but um, your hope's got to be in Jesus. And uh, let, let us once again become the United States of America. Not the divided states of America, but let us become the united. The, what once maybe was a good idea, let's figure out a way, okay? Let it start with us. How are we going to be an uncommon church? Let's, let's be a united church together. That Hey, we're going to move forward. We're going to tackle this thing together. Fourth. I think, which is a big one, the fourth cause of, of, of conflict is our sinful nature. I, I think this could really sum it up, our sinful nature. You gotta know that people are fallen. People are fallen. We're, we're, you're fallen, I'm fallen, fallen. We, we're not fallen, but fallen. And uh, we, we read that in Romans, that, that we are a fallen being. We're a fallen person. And I, we always love to say, hey, just, hey, we all jacked up. It's all right. Like, it's okay. I want you to know you came to a church today. If it's your first time, I want you to know that, that, that everybody already knows that they're jacked up here. So if you don't know that you're jacked up, we need you to hurry up and figure that out. <laughs> or you're going to mess this whole thing up, okay? Um, <clears throat> we'd love to see you back next week. <laughs> so... Um, but our sin, we have sinful nature. Romans 3 says, for everyone's sinned. We all fall short of, the, of God's glory. We all fall short. There's nobody perfect. Not me, not you. So I don't ex even expect for you to get it right all the time. We need to leave some margin. We need to leave some grace for other people. Leave some room for, for God to work on the inside of them. I'm not gonna try and change you I'm not gonna try and change the other person. I'm gonna ask God to change me first. That's a concept. Man, God, you need to change them. Man, you just don't know. God, big G, come on, would you help me out? Would you, would you please just do something? No, no, instead of God change them, pray God change me. I'm gonna pray that first and let God do his thing. Because here's the deal. If I try to change you or somebody else tries to change you, they can't change you. They may can change your behavior, but deep down inside, they can't change you. So we allow God to do the changing. All right, so those are four sources of conflict, but I'm gonna give you another set of four, all right? Four ways to deal with conflict. I'm trying to go quick right here, okay? Four ways to deal 
with conflict. Write this down. My way. It's my way. I'm the boss. Just do it because I said to do it. I'm the husband. I'm the ruler of this household. Uh, no, no, don't say that either. That's not good. And so uh, we, we say it's my way. You know, submit to me. Like you do what I say. That doesn't work. Dictatorship never works. Second is your way. For the sake of the argument, we'll just, yeah, just whatever you want. Whatever you want, it's cool. Deep down inside, you're dying. Deep down inside, you're mad. But you're just like, man, for the sake, for the sake of conflict, for the sake of arguing, so we don't blow up, hey, just go ahead, just, just your way, it's cool. I'm gonna be miserable on the inside, I'll go worry about me later, but just, you know, just, you can have it your way. But don't get crazy, okay? Third, halfway, right? Halfway. Now you're only mad half the time. I'll meet you halfway, but you're still mad. Half the time, you're still mad. In fact, maybe not even have to, you're, you're just mad all the time because you only went halfway. No, 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 you're still mad. Lastly, though, here, the fourth way to deal with it is probably the best way is God's way. It's God's way. What is God's way? God's way is this. I first go to him and let him work on me. I'm gonna let God work on me. I'm gonna let him work on me and I'm gonna see what God can do in and through my life and I'll just, I'll just offer you up to the Holy Spirit and just let him do his thing. My way, your way, halfway, God's way. If we're gonna learn to communicate, if we're gonna learn to have conflict, man, we need to go to God first. How many, how many have ever been like, man, I need to pray about this before I go talk to this person? And no matter how it turns out, you felt a little bit better because you went to God first. God help me have a good attitude. God help me handle this situation right. God help me, help me, help me, help me. It's not about them, it's about me. God help me. They may be in the wrong, but God help me. God help me not, you know. To give them the love of Jesus. So how are we gonna have uncommon conflict? That's that's really the question. How? I told you this last week, and we tell you this often, but if we, if, we just, if we just talk about things and you can't apply it to your life, it doesn't do us any good. But we wanna give you tools. How many like tools, all right? You like tools, whatever, you, whatever your craft is, it's good to have some tools uh, to help you uh, produce and help you uh, create what you're needing to create and do what you're needing to do. And so we wanna give you tools so when you leave here and you go to a restaurant, you can, you can use some of these things to help you. When you wake up tomorrow and you go to work, that, that it just wasn't a, a, a good sermon or a, a, it, was a, it wasn't just a, a good day at Hope Rising, we hope it was for you, but we want you to be able to go in on Monday, go into your office and be like, dude, I got this, Lord. There's, I'm going through some things and these are some tools that I can apply to my life and to this circumstance and situation so that I can help me and I can help others. That's good stuff, thank you, all three of you. So. Um, how do we have uncommon conflict? It says in Ecclesiastes 3, summarized here, one through five, it says, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. I want you to focus in on that. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. And we're gonna, 
we're gonna couple this with, with a story in Genesis, and I don't have time to talk about this story and give you a lot of background, but, but there was a man named Jacob, and, and Jacob uh, found uh, this one lady to be just like smoking hot. Her name was Rachel, all right? And so he was like, man, what do I gotta do to marry this girl? Like, come on, somebody. She's gonna, like, guys, you know when you first laid eyes on your wife, you're like, mm, thank you, Jesus. You did a good thing. Come on, somebody. And so uh, this is, they, okay, one of us, okay. So uh, <clears throat> just, just me and you, we'll be together. Come on. So um, all you other brothers got to go pray. In <laughs> so uh, so he's, he's like, man, Rachel's fine. Let's go. And he goes to her, her father and says, what do I got to do to marry Rachel? And, and her father Laban says, hey, uh, that's cool, uh, but you got to work for me seven years and then you can marry her. And, and, and Jacob's like, dude, I can do that. Seven years, let's go. So seven years goes by. And he earns the trust of the father and he earns the right to marry Rachel. And so, so, they get, so they're on their wedding, their wedding night and, and the, the, the marriage is happening and, and the Bible says that they wake up the next morning and Rachel's not next to Jacob. It's Rachel's older sister, Leah. <laughs> and the Bible, for lack of better words, says that she's ugly. I could church it up and say that, that she had weak eyes, is kind of another version says. But can, I just, can, can, we just, can we just be real in the house? All right, it wasn't Jacob's first choice. He, he wasn't like, mm, hey, girl. No, he, that, he was like that with Rachel. But, but, but Laban said, but you gotta, you've got to, you got to marry my oldest daughter first. I can't, give, I can't give you Rachel unless you marry my oldest. And Jacob's like, man. What do I got to do to marry the one I want? And he said, well, well, you got to work for me another seven years. And so long story short, he ends up working for, for Laban even longer than that, but to earn the right to, to, to have Rachel as his wife. And so they, get, so they get married and everything's great, but then they kind of they get into an argument, all right? Kind of having like a battle and just, just, just they're, they're, they're fighting each other. They're, they, don't, they don't like each other anymore. And so finally, Jacob one night says, hey, we're leaving. Like in the middle of the night, we're gone. We're not telling nobody we're going to leave. And it says this in Genesis 31, 40, 46. It says, he said to his relatives, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap. This word heap, they, they built an altar and they ate there by the heap. You see, he, he, could, have, he could have thrown stones, but instead of throwing stones, first he, he created an altar with the stones. The, the very stones that he could have used to, to throw at Laban or to throw at his circumstance or, or throw at the person that was, was bringing conflict into his life. Instead of that, he first went to, to the Lord. Before you ever try and resolve conflict with somebody else, God must first do a work in you. God, do a work in me. Oh, I might have the right to throw some stones at somebody, but first I'm gonna build an altar and cry out to God. Now, because of this, I don't need that person in my life for my heart to be okay. Because I went to God first. Now no longer does this person have to hurt me any longer. I have went to God first. And some of you have been trapped in your conflict. You've said things like this. You can never be right 
in my hearts or in your hearts until somebody or that person says, you fill in the blank. I'll never be right. I will never be whole. I will never be healed until they say this. But instead of throwing stones, you can create an altar of stones and go to the Lord first. And now no longer is this person holding you hostage on the inside of your life, but you found freedom and wholeness and hope because you went to Jesus instead. You're trying to find hope in somebody's answer, somebody's emotions, somebody's, somebody makes me feel good. Instead of going to Jesus. So I want to give us this thought. I want to give you this. Conflict cannot continue without my participation. Conflict cannot continue without my participation. Some of you just need to be able to say, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, you're not going to treat me this way. I'm not going to be talked to like that. Like, like I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Jesus first. I'll let him worry about you. Like, because sometimes there's just, there's just things that just don't get ironed out, let's be honest. There's some things that, that maybe, maybe you can't fix. But can I tell you, God can. A lot of times maybe things do get fixed, but if they don't, you've gotta be okay with it. In Galatians 2.20, says, I was crucified with Christ. I don't live any longer. It's not me, but it's Christ who lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Did you know that, that a dead person can't get mad? Did you know a dead person can't get jealous? Did you know a dead person can't get upset? Why? Because they're dead? Because they're dead. Paul says, I die every day. I die every day. Why, why did he say I die every day? Because he knew there were some conflicts. He knew that there's going to be some things that he was going to encounter, that he was going to need the Lord to step in and prepare the way and the path for. And maybe you don't even know what's going to happen today or tomorrow or the next day. But if you would build an altar of stones and say, God, I'm going to go to you first. God, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to lay this situation down. I'm going to lay this person before you. And I'm going to let you work on them. But God, first, I need you to work on me. Paul says, I die every day. I die every day. I'm trying to hurry, y'all. But I gotta give you this, okay? If I didn't give you this, it'd be incomplete. Four uncommon responses. Four uncommon responses. The first one is this, I will act, not react. I will act and not react. Ephesians, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Can I tell you, you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. If you're married, I'm gonna help you out. If you're not married, I'm gonna help you out. If you wanna get married, I'm gonna help you out. All right, here we go. I will act and not react. Never call each other names. If you've got kids, watch what you call your kids. Stupid kids can't believe you're crazy like your dad. Can't believe you do this and you do that. And we call our kids names. Can I tell you, be careful what you call your kids because they'll carry it with them for the rest of their life. 
And then when they're 25 and they're, and they're not serving the Lord, you're like, man, I don't know why they're crazy. Well, you've told them for the first 25 years of their life that they're crazy. Why would they not be crazy? Watch what you call your kids. When there's conflict, don't raise your voice. Don't raise your voice. Can I tell you, once you start raising your voice, people check out anyways. Listen, you don't have to be perfect at this. I'm working on this. It's not something that I'm perfect at. But can I tell you, work on don't raising your voice. Can you have conflict and not raise your voice at the other person? But you don't understand how I feel. How you feel may be real, but just bring it down a couple, okay? Don't get historical. Y'all get that? I'm gonna leave it there. Never say never or you always. Oh, you never do this. Or you're always like that. Don't give absolutes. Don't give absolutes. Because I don't never do this or I don't always do this. It might be my MO. It may be something that I do. But don't say I never and don't say always. Can I tell you, this is, this is important. Never threaten divorce. Kristen and I have, have banned this word from our house. Like we don't say divorce in our household. We don't say it. Because my house needs to be a safe place for me and my wife and my kids. I need to know that she's fully committed to me. She needs to know I'm fully committed to her. And our kids need to know that we're fully committed to each other in this house. Listen, I mean this with all my heart. I'd rather hear the F word than hear, my word, than hear the word divorce. I'm that serious about the word divorce. We don't play. Some of you are like, oh, the F word, hmm. What kind of pastor is this? I'm, I'm one that's gonna be honest and straight up with you. We, we, we can fix vocabulary, but you, we're not gonna threaten divorce. My, my, my marriage is too important. My kids are too important. And after that, this church is too important. Your lives. You know what happens when my life and my marriage is healthy? All of us can be healthy. <laughs> Secondly, I'll focus on the good things in you. Write that down. I will focus on the good things in you. Thirdly, I will apply God's grace to you. Fourth, I will remember God's grace to me. You see, we want, we want, to, we want to receive grace, but we don't always want to extend grace. Oh, we need the grace. We know we need it, but we don't always want to give it back. Sometimes we just have to remember God's grace to us. Once I was blind, but now I see. Maybe you've been good all your life. That's awesome. But 
that's not my story. And the same grace I've received, I need to be able to give to other people. I say even give more grace when it doesn't look like your mess. Can I talk, talk to some church folk for a second? If you call Hope Rising home, I'm just gonna talk to you for a minute. You don't call Hope Rising home, it's cool, we love you. You'll, you'll, you will soon, but just, um, listen, we're gonna love people. We're gonna love people. What God is doing in our church this year is, is amazing. But the same grace that you've been given needs to be the same grace and more that you give to other people. We exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. And can I tell you, when you're reaching people that are lost and hurting and broken, can I tell you that it gets a little messy? If you're looking for the cookie cutter church, I'm just gonna tell you this ain't it. Like, I know I'm going long today, sorry. I'll be better next week, hang on. It gets messy sometimes, but we're gonna love people right where they're at. And how we love one person, how we love the next person might look a little bit different, but it's still gonna be love. It's gonna be full of grace, it's gonna be full of truth. They're gonna know that, hey, there's a place that believes in them, that God's got a plan and a purpose for their life. It doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what it looks like, we're gonna let them know, hey, there is hope for you. There's a hope that I found in Jesus and you can find that same hope. And can I tell you, when you find that hope in Jesus, your problems don't just magically disappear and go away. So people may come in here and they got things going on. Can I tell you, we all got things going on. But hope has a name and his name is Jesus. pray for you. Lord, I, I, I pray for, I pray for us today, God. I pray for your people today. I pray for this church. Lord, as we learn to communicate and love each other and learn, and learn to love people, God, we know there's going to be some conflict from time to time, but let us handle it in a godly way. Instead of throwing stones, God, help us take those same stones and create an altar. And run to you first, God, and, and, and go to you and say, God, help me, help, just do something in me first. Before we even pray, God, change them. God, we want you to change us. God, help us have healthy communication. Help us have healthy conflict. Help us have an uncommon love for people. that when people come into this place or, or, or people, people hear about us at a restaurant or, or, or see us online or on social media, God, let it be, let it be said of us, God, that we, there's an uncommon love that this church has for other people. Let us respond in love and give people the same hope that we have. And give us the strength and the wisdom to walk through life with people. 
because after all, somebody did it for me. When nobody believed in me, somebody did. Somebody stepped up. When I felt like the world was against me, somebody stepped up, said, I got you. Help us build an altar, God. God, change me. Do something in me. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.